Hello, good evening and welcome to the Villa Park podcast. It's me, Rich, and I'm back with your fans forum, Tuesday night fans forum night. And it is a fans forum special. Not only have I got the boys, Kev and Sam, but as you can see, we have a very special guest. Probably the most famous Aston Villa supporter on the terraces right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Bardell's now an absolute yeah. Well, he doesn't do away games, so I'll take the yeah. He doesn't. One. He doesn't. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. As you can see, guys, we've got uh, Max Stokes from Villa on tour. Uh, Max, welcome. Uh, actually, it was. It's been a few years since you've been on the channel on the mm. podcast. Um, so great to see you again. But yeah, um, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, very well, mate. Thanks for having me back on. I think I was a little bit thinner when I last came back on air, still in school, probably. Um, but no, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, look, we're going to get into it. Get your questions in. As I say, it's your guys' show in terms of the fans' forum. So get your questions in for us. Get your questions in for Max. And um, make sure you hit the like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you are new to the channel, we are marching on to 3,400 subscribers on the road to 4K. Um, we hopefully catch up with Max soon. You never know. Um, but yeah, like, subscribe and get involved in the chat um, as we've got loads to cover tonight. But as I say, get your questions in. We will try and get them all covered. Um, first of all, coming to you, Max, in terms of um, Saturday's game, I mean, really, really positive performance. Um Brilliant, brilliant video from yourself. Captured the the, the day really, really well. I, I think um, one of your one of your best. Um, but yeah, what did you make of the game? What did you make of, of the performance from Villa on Saturday? Firstly, it was a it was a brilliant day. It was really, really good. Enjoy getting the train down. Obviously, normally we get the coach, but for a London game, I'd try and avoid the coaches because um, the, no, the traffic's just an absolute mess. I got the train down. It's a great day out in the pub in Marlborough and got the tube over to Fulham and it's a lovely area. Really, really, really nice. Not your usual walk to a, an away game, but it was brilliant. And the performance was, was really, really good as well. Um, I thought we were dominant. I think it's it's sort of looking good now, isn't it? Sort of last three games, although the United game, the result didn't really go the way that we wanted it to. I think there were signs there, wasn't there? And we were playing fluid football. It was fast. We were creating chances. So definitely positives. And it's nice to get a win on the road. I think we've got the fifth best record away from home now. And that was something that a lot of people were talking about. So it's it's looking good now. And the reaction after the game from Emery, he was he was clearly absolutely buzzing. I think when he does that, you know that it's a, it's a big result. So it was a fantastic day on Saturday. Yeah, 100%. It was, it was one of those... I guess maybe more luck than judgment, but I think because he has to walk past the Villa fans, it was great that you could give him that that kind of response. And it would take the hardest of hearts not to get not to get a little yeah. bit carried away by that. You know, obviously Emery likes to get down the touchline, leave the kind of limelight to the players, but yeah, he couldn't help it, could he? I think it could. It either work in your favour or go to what happened last time at Craven Cottage with our uh, previous manager who won't be named you have to walk across the pitch and that definitely didn't work in his favour so uh, yeah roles reversed <laughs> this time it was it was fantastic absolutely absolutely a um, few people in the chat um, Lewis is in the house says uh, Max you sit two rows in front of him uh, and Scott a UK says you sit behind him there we go so, uh, yeah, big up K4 big up K4 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go loads of people in the chat as well uh, Dale's in the chat um uh, Rachel, Jean, Michael, loads of people, Mark, Carlos. So brilliant to have you in. Um, Sam, we, me, me and Kev did the um, did the match reaction the other, the other day. Just in general, what did you make of the Villa win in terms of Fulham? Uh, hard working, I guess. Um, good result, obviously. Um, yeah, what did you make of it? 
Yeah, I thought I thought it was massive. A lot of big performances, obviously, and we'll get on to it. But I think it's clear to see the difference between Pau Torres and no Pau Torres and the influence that he has on 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 the team. Um, I think we made it a, a silly mistake. I kind of made even a mistake. I think just like a, a lapse in communication at the back kind of made it a bit more tense than it needed to be. And um, I saw someone, I don't know who it was, one of the pundits on Twitter saying that we uh, we were hanging on at the end. And I don't think, I don't feel like we were hanging on, but we, we managed the game well and we kind of, we saw it out. So I think it could have been a bit more comfortable than it than it might have appeared to to a, to a neutral. But I, can't, I always felt confident that we'd, we'd keep that 2-1 or, or at least go go and get another one. But um, obviously I, I, I wasn't there. I was, I was watching it on my TV and uh, I watched... Um, Oh, here we go. <laughs> um, I, watched, uh, <laughs> I watched Max's video uh, this morning, actually. I just on my way to work. And uh, I've got that. There's just such brilliant videos. Like, I'm sure everyone here checks it out anyway. But if you haven't, go, go and have a look. But I've got that song stuck in my head all day. Like, here's to you, Udai. And I just literally, I've been singing it <laughs> in my head. So uh, it felt felt like I was there through uh, through Max's video. So yeah, really good win, and and I think a really important one after that United game. They, these I was saying after that United game, those three next three games, and then obviously Spurs were just so season defining, so important to to you know the way that we're going to challenge and and how we set ourselves up for that kind of last leg of the season. So massive win, he did. It. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And it was um, Kev. Obviously, we chatted about it. We're going to cov- cover cover it. I guess a whisper it Champions League push a bit in a bit, but that first result in this this run of four games that we're talking that we talked about it was it was massive to get that get that first three points over the line. Yeah, but Villa do it, don't they? This day and age, whenever the the uh, the pressure's on, they they step up every single time this season. We've lost a game, we've come back and and uh, and obviously won. Max alluded to it really well. I mentioned this in our in our post match pod, but I felt the performance against Man United. And obviously, the, the Chef United, you know, it was a 46-minute domination. And we basically go, go to centre parks for the second half. And um, yeah. and obviously, this uh, this away uh, away day, Craven Cottage again, another one. Unai slays a bit of a dragon, other than the COVID season, which freaky results galore. Villa don't win in Craven Cottage. Well, we do under um, under Mr. Unai. Um, I haven't caught the video yet, Max. I just wanted to say, by the way, oh. that, my, that no, listen, listen, it's, it's, it's going to be good, this. My lad is so jealous. You are up there with Mr. Beast and the, the window. <laughs> so I'd love to know who that who that second person is, but that's that's great. Tell him I'll say hello. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, we'll do. Yeah, but um, yeah, when I said that when he was messing around going to bed, I'm like, listen, I'm going to tell you something now. I'm on with the guy who's been on tour, Max. He went, you're on with Max Stokes. So he settled down and coming up in the morning. But um, oh, I, I just want to say, thank you for showing me Europe. It's been brilliant. That that trip to Mostar, are you, I think you're going to get snapped up by a holiday channel at some point. Because that was brilliant. That was that, that Mostar one. Looked at an amazing place in, in, uh, in Bosnia. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's unbelievable. But honestly, the, the European trips are just a blessing for the channel. Like it's I mean, it's called Villa on Tour. Like that was sort of what it was made to do. I know I created it in the in the championship and we were touring Barnsley, Rotherham and all sort of Blackburn, all that crap. But it's good <laughs> all, to actually all those exotic places. Exactly. The glory <laughs> Max, days. Max no, was planning for the future. Who, yeah. He knew exactly. he knew. I knew I, 
I knew Europe was going to happen. It's it's all a process. Champions League, the Bernabeu next season. But yeah, it is the Conference League is so so good for the channel. I love it, and it's just going to these weird and wacky places. Mostar, never heard of it, but what a place! So beautiful, look, look great. people are so lovely. Good. Honestly, it was it was unbelievable. So it's what, it's yeah. oh, it's the best. <laughs> what what Kev's actually doing is he's just going up to random kids in Birmingham, telling them that they know he knows Max Stokes. Like, you know Max Stokes. I know Max. <laughs> <laughs> Max, uh, Max, Max. Max, you don't need to know this, but I'm not allowed to go up to random kids anymore. <laughs> this is going left. Like, this is going left. No, I'm sorry. That is a joke. That is a joke. Clip it. Right, let's clip it. Clip it. Clip it. <laughs> let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. Uh, a few comments coming in. Scotty uh, UK says Fulham were fortunate to not be thumped, and Fulham should have been down to nine men. Um, uh, Adamski said, Max and that blonde lad, I think it's AVFC vlogger, do good live yeah. pods away and home, respectively. Uh, Michelle said, Max's videos are legendary. The preseason US ones were amazing. And I love the Bosnia one. Bosnia is now my <laughs> list of places to go. Do it. Uh, there do you it. go. See, doing your, doing your bit for the tourism. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, he uh, he just doesn't understand how famous you are yet, Kev, your, your, your son. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, uh, Scott, he said he met with Luke Robinson at the Snowdome on Sunday and had a good chat with him. Yes, Luke does a great job. He's he's a friend of the show as well. Um, so, yeah, brilliant. And Rachel is a fan of yours and Simon's uh, podcast as well, mate. So, great stuff. Great stuff. Um, Max, Thank I'll come you to you. Um, Sam Sam said, um, Sam alluded to kind of Pau Torres and, and the impact that he, he made coming back into that game on, on, uh, on Saturday. I mean, how how important is is it that he's back? You know, particularly going into this key run of games, and and what do you think he brings to the, the side at the minute? Oh, the bloke's a joke. He's he's an absolute joke. And I said it on our show, like sitting in that away end, and sort of obviously in the first half, especially you're behind the sort of defensive line, and you can sort of see up the pitch as Pau Torres is, and he's such a joy to watch. And honestly, like even the second goal, for example, ultimately it starts with him. And he's just, he's just so unique. I've never seen a centre-half like him at Villa. He offers so much more. And that's not to, you know, do any dis- disservice to Longley or Carlos. Look, they're, they're our fourth or fifth choice centre-halves. Like, they're not expected to come in and be absolute world beaters. And to be fair, I think Pau Torres coming back helps Longley as well. Sort of that weird three-back that allowed Moreno to go forward and cash drop back. And then Longley was more comfortable in the middle because obviously he's left-footed, so is Pau Torres. So... People might have thought there might have been a, a bit of an unbalance there, but I think it works really, really well. And Pau Torres is, is just unbelievable. He's just skip past players. He's so intelligent, just an absolute joy to watch. And like I said, the second goal, ultimately, even though he's a centre-half, it comes from him. And the win, the win percentage speaks for itself, doesn't it, as well? He's so crucial to us. And, yeah, it's great to see him back at a really, really important time as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sam, like you, you, obviously Longley has done admirably in in that position and he, he played pretty well on, on Saturday as well, you know, playing alongside Pau Torres. But until Pau Torres comes in the side, you don't realise how, how good he is. And just those like just those body move body swerves and the way he manipulates the ball to just kind of fake to pass and just take it across the the attacker who's coming in. Just so much so much composure on the ball. Yeah, he's just so fluid for such a big guy as well. He like he almost reminds me of like Sergio Busquets in the way that like he's so big but he finds it so easy to like roll players and let the ball just go past his body and I think um in terms of like a ball playing center back I I mean for me he's the best he's the best in the prem like I don't I don't see anyone who really rivals him but then I really think about world football I'm like 
I'm like, who plays the ball and is that integral to progressing the team from the back? And I admit that we're quite, not unique, but, you know, we play a certain style where we really play out from the back. So he's going to get the opportunity to do that more. But I just, I think he's sensational. And I, I was talking to a mate of mine who's a Spurs fan and we were having the debate of who was the better signing, um, uh, Pau Torres or Mickey van der Ven, who as well is an exceptional player, like 22 years old, six foot five, rapid, just a brilliant defender. And I just, I just kept finding reasons to 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 say that Pau Torres was better just the more you think about his game the more there is to like admire and and like Max said obviously you know the win percentage speaks for itself so he's um he's just super important I love that combination he had with concert but I even think Longley deserves a lot of credit as well because there were, there were moments where sort of on that left hand side Torres was maybe caught at the near post and he came back and made those made that interception and they just worked really well together and they were a partnership and and that's fine it's not it's not a knock on on Torres but it just shows um how well they've adapted to playing with each other and two left-footed center backs as well which you don't get very often yeah so um yeah yeah he's massive massive to have him back I just uh my fear is because Carlos was injured and Concer and Mings I was worried I was like oh is he is he bringing him back too early is he going to pick up another something but he looked he looked all right to me so fingers crossed he stays healthy yeah kev that pau torres clement longley centre-back partnership did that uh, impressive wasn't it and does that again bode well for the for the next three or four games until you know a console or a carlos is back i think it says a lot about the squad doesn't it really and also emory and how he obviously he set his, sets his team up because you know three acls obviously there's a bit another absentees for quite a lot of uh, you know periods of time this season and yet we still managed to find a way of, of playing we know the next cab off the rank is probably Callum Chambers you know and, and obviously then you're getting down to a bit more of the bones of the squad but I still feel like you know with the amount of possession Villa have I think Callum Chambers in a lot of games would probably actually do quite a decent job under Emery in this system you know so that doesn't even phase me too much but maybe the secret sauce for Longley was having um, another left footer alongside him in the defence maybe that's what it was um I mean I think he's been pretty decent lately Longley anyway and I think I think you said it Rich but I should probably agree I thought he was arguably man of the match and as Martinez has come out and said it was probably his fault for coming out for the goal then I think you could probably easily give it to him I mean Watkins would probably be a bit perturbed by that but um I just think he's actually done pretty well I think he's been quite quite unfairly uh, maligned this season uh, Longley um, he played at obviously Spurs last year and there was absolute, you know, crazy season for them. Harry Kane aside, I think they probably would have finished about 10th probably. Um, his pedigree is unbelievable. You know, he's played for France, he's played for Barcelona and I think he's shown what a quality player he is. And I actually think even though there was a drop-off to when it's long lay all Torres in terms of how, in, in insert new word for this era, progressive that you are as a centre-half, I still think he's been absolutely fine. But Torres there is just... I mean, is it, what's the win percentage? Like 72 percent is what's what is what's the percentage of games you've won with him? Something, about something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that'd be like, like us getting like 90, 90 odd points across a season, which is just unbelievable. Like we're gonna come second if, if Pau Torres plays in every game. It's it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable at what, what difference he, what difference he's made. And and you know what's great about it as well? When he came into the team, um, there was all that sense of like in the first couple of weeks, is he physical enough for the Prem. I remember him getting turned by, was it Lyle Foster in the Burnley game and getting powers for that? <laughs> like, you know, and obviously, you know, we had a pretty uh, a rude awakening at, at St. James's, obviously with Mingsy's horrible injury. 
But on the back of that, he's just been an absolute revelation. The fact he's even been talked by some people in the same breath as Paul McGrath. Max, you'd have to look him up, mate. He's some guy <laughs> played. Who? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaks volumes for how good he's been. And I, I absolutely love him. Uh, we just need to get a good tongue from him, don't we, Pau? There is one. There is one. I've, I've, we've, we sang it at Brentford, I think. Um, but I'm not going to sing it now. But there is one. Go on, Rich. Give us one. a little. Give us a little. <laughs> come on, couple of notes. <laughs> I can't. I can't. He goes. It's that one. They call him Pau Torres. Na 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 na. That's the one. <laughs> that's all we wanted. Yeah, yeah, that's all we wanted. It's the cottage max. That one. Uh, unfortunately I, not to be fair he got going in Bosnia and then it got going at Brentford a few days later and then it's just yeah. kind of died I think because it's more yeah. than about five five words so people <laughs> yeah exactly it's quite but the ones that know it it's good yeah. wasn't there a song by by you'd be amazed I'm going to say this wasn't there a song by Lethal Bizzle called Pow I'm sure there was some like grime <laughs> song was, pow, yeah. pow like can we just do that it'd be amazing uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to see about 20,000 <laughs> mid 40 songs try and sing Lethal Bizzle at <laughs> <laughs> the Villa Park <laughs> Well, I'm absolutely here for that. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, few uh, few comments flying in. Uh, Rachel says Torres is our best ball playing defender. Lewis says Power is the reason why we're still in the title race. Um, what's this sense? Uh, CMB pod. I'm not sure what that one is. Current Car- blue pod said Torres stats match a world class midfielder. Um, that little bit of smoke in the competition, here? Rich. Never heard of them. <laughs> Who are they? Who are they? <laughs> John says, nobody will eclipse McGraw, but Power will be a Villa legend. And Rachel said, don't quit the day job. I oh, know. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I won't. Um, just a quick word on, on Long Legs. We're getting a few few questions on, on him, Max. Um, a few people saying, like, do we have the option to buy? Um, would you would you buy him as well? So, you know, what what are your thoughts on that? If if the if the option was there, would you would you make the sign in? I think in an ideal world, yes, but I think he wouldn't be here if Mings wasn't injured. I think if Mings mm. stayed fit, Longley would never have come to Villa. And I also think he's he's on an awful lot of money. Like he was, we all know what Barcelona are like with their money. They love to throw it around, even if they haven't got it. Um, so I think he's on an awful, awful lot of money. And it was, I wouldn't say it was a, a panic signing, but it was a, a quick signing that had to be done very fast. Um, so I, I probably wouldn't because of his wages like I know I don't have to pay them but we all know about FFP and all of that sort of thing and obviously Mings touch wood is going to be back in the summer and hopefully back to the same player that he was um so if when he's back I don't really see Longley getting the, the same amount of game time I don't think he can believe his looks to be fair with the game time he's getting um so that's a silver lining I guess to the injury crisis that we're having Conza being out Carlos being out as well um so to be fair he's done a fantastic job but would I sign him given the chance probably not just about. <laughs> yeah. No, I get you. I get you. Um, so let's uh, let's give an, another bit of appreciation to another player. Um, I'm coming to you first, uh, Sam. Uh, Mr. Ollie Watkins. Um, now it is on 13 goals uh, for the season. Has, is it 20? 13 Premier League goals for the season. 18 in all competitions, I believe. Um, and it's the 10 assists, you know, my feelings on some of the assists, but I won't get into that right now. But yeah, I mean, some of the the, the, the two finishes in particular on, on, on Saturday were, I think, were showed the, the form he's in at the moment, the confidence he's in at the moment and, and the, 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 the quality, like, you know, the first one, letting the ball come across him, then hitting it across the keeper into the bottom corner. 
the the second one letting it just go into his path and just basically you know putting his foot through it and smashing it i mean he's a striker in real form at the moment yeah you can't you can't argue with you can't argue with the game at the weekend i think he was first goal really smartly taken actually because when the ball comes into him when the decision to kind of roll and take it you kind of think it pushes him he's He's facing the corner almost from the way he turns, but he manages to just swivel his body. He keeps going round, and he and he catches it, and he, he he quite likes that across the goalkeeper into the bottom corner. And it never really looks like it has massive pace on it, but it's just so sort of like precise in its position that it was um, uh, that it's obviously so effective. And the second one, obviously, I, I watched the the pod that you guys did the match reaction so I know we've sort of spoken about Tielemans' role in that fantastic like play behind Ollie Watkins to, to get into that position. But I think, again, what's impressive is that he's staying high, staying central, and he's he, he's going off the shoulder of, of the defender. He's finding space for himself, trusting that the players behind him will make the pass. And then when he gets the ball, actually, it's, it's not that easy. It's like on the edge of the box and, you know, the, the defender's shoulder to shoulder with him and he, he could easily do too much, you know, and mm-hmm. like try and bring it back or try and create a, a better angle, a better space. But he just puts his foot through it. He just says, fuck it, I'll have a pop and just, sorry, excuse my French. He'll just, and he just hits it. And, um, and I really like that. And I think, like you say, a lot of that is confidence. Um, obviously, you know, I've, I've spoken a lot about Watkins for however long he's been here. Was it three years we've been doing this? Three years I've been talking about him. And, and, you know, we've already had this conversation earlier in, in, in the season where I've said, you know, you've got to give him props and if he'll make Champions League this year, he'll have done his part and he's having a, he's having a good season. Absolutely. You know, I looked at his stats um, in comparison with the best strikers in, in, in Europe and he's he's up there. I think he's like fourth or fifth in terms of goal, uh, total goal com- contributions. And um, and then I've seen another stat where it's like takeaway penalties and I'm like, well, I'm not going to count that because the reason he's not on penalties is because he can't take them. But in 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 general you know he's he's doing he's doing fantastic work and i know we had a conversation at the start of the season where we said i said i don't think he's going to get to 20 goals um by the end of the season that was my prediction at the start um i think he has to now i think you know he's got 13 games left he needs to keep going in this rich vein of form with the confidence that he's got he 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 kick himself if he didn't get 20 this season because he's on 13 in feb still plenty of games to play really important games but I, I guess the next step for me I, the first thing i asked for from ollie watkins was consistency and you're getting that more and more his his purple patches are lasting longer and actually now what you're getting is dips in form for like what did he go he went six games without a goal or an assist that's fine now every striker's going to have that no one's going to score every game but what i'd like to see now is obviously for him to continue scoring but also for him to make himself known in that spurs game I want him to score in those big games as well. Um, so that that Spurs game for him is massive, and that's an opportunity for Ollie to take take this league and take Villa's Champions League push by the scruff of the neck and drag us up. And that's what he needs to continue building his confidence towards. And that game's going to be massive for him. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Kev, we had a bit of a chat the other day about him. Obviously, um, he's you know the stats are coming out about him. You know, in terms of his effectiveness, uh, as as Sam's kind of pointed out there, um, we mentioned he probably he might need a couple of more games where he gets two in a game. Are you confident of this of this magic twenty goals? I mean, are you are you even are you even that that bothered about it? You know, 
in that sense. But it would be it would be good, wouldn't it, for him to hit that that magic twenty? Yeah, it's a psychological barrier, isn't it? I mean, it, it ultimately it doesn't matter if he gets fourteen if we finish him, you know, wherever we want to finish and do what we want to do. But uh, and I know I said in our uh, in our discussion uh, post Fulham that I thought he wouldn't quite get twenty in the league. Um, I mean, I, I do think he's going to have to get pretty close to it or get it if we do have ambitions of wanting to finish in the top four slash five and to go deep in, in the Conference League, obviously, would be all competitions. I think he'll get 20 easily in all in all comps. You know, I think he can probably he's probably get there 20. already, isn't he? Yeah. Has he only got 20 in all comps? Oh, like 18, 18, 19. 18, 18 yeah. yeah. I think he could probably... I think I think he's got half a chance of getting 30 in all comps, depending on how far we go in the Conference League. But, um, but um, you know, maybe more like 25. But I don't know. I mean, I think, I think where he's right now... You know, we had a bit of a dry spell over sort of that Christmas period. You got the goal obviously against Newcastle, uh, goal against Sheffield United, a couple against Fulham. There's some games coming up against teams where a striker of his pedigree now you'd you'd expect to be scoring. And I think with Ollie as well, he does score against the big teams. You know, he scored scored plenty against Spurs, Hatcher against Liverpool, scored a few against Arsenal. So he's done it. He's done it. And he scored against Man City. So I don't think I don't think that phases him either. But we're going to need him now. We're going to need him to to basically see us home. He's the man to to fire in fire in the goals. He's in good form. Um, it's time to do it against your Forests and your Lutons and and you know those types types of teams basically. Yeah, yeah. Max, just to finish up on on Oli, um, are you are you thinking he makes the uh, the Euro squad for England? No, he's got to. He's got to. Who else? I, I, I mean, obviously Kane's going to start. We all know that he's another level, but. Who else? I mean, Tony is doing okay. He's probably coming back a little bit too late, but you know what? You know what Southgate's like. None of his selections make any sense. So for me, a hundred percent, he's got to be there. And for me, he's the, he's the second best striker in the Premier League. I, I wouldn't swap him for anyone apart from Haaland. But I think obviously the system is just so perfect. Just Alan Unai, we really, really knows how to get the best out of him, as he does with. Name any of the players. We talked about Pal Torres already, and Unai Emery obviously knows how to get the best out of him, and it's just so perfect for for Villa's system. And the stick that Watkins gets, I I I, I can't get my head around it. I think obviously football fans are, are cynical, and they they don't play stick obviously because they just want the best form them, and they want them to to do as best as they can. I understand that, but I just think it's he's having a fantastic season and. I'm sure Man City fans are giving Haaland stick after the weekend and him missing five, six, seven chances, whatever it was. So it can happen to any team. It can happen to any club. But I think Ollie Watkins is having the season of his life and he's just an absolute joy to watch. And it's just the calibre of the different types of goals that he's scoring as well. That first one was so clever at the weekend and then the second one was just an absolute smash. And it's just, it's, it's so good. And he's, he's he's right in form. And yeah, I think the aim's got to be 25 in all competitions. And yeah, 20 in the Premier League. Why not? Because what, Benteke got 19. Be nice to eclipse that this season yeah yeah absolutely uh comments flying in uh damsky said ollie is elite dale said anyone speaks down about ollie can get in the bin um duncan said it was ollie's best game for a while uh lewis said he should have had a hat trick charlie s says uh he's clinical michael believes he will score 20 um oh yeah charlie also said should have had a penalty what did it look like from the stands max was it like blatant <laughs> Mate, it was absolutely ridiculous. He, I mean, the thing for me is that he gets the first touch. He gets the first touch. It's not just like D- Diop comes out of nowhere and just swipes him, which he does, but it's the fact the ball is in Ollie Watkins' control and Diop comes out of absolutely nowhere. He trips him, he barges him. It's it's bizarre. If people have seen my video, you'll see the reaction from literally everybody in that away end. It's just, how on earth has that not been given? It's mental, that one. Mm. It's the worst one I've seen for a long time. 
it, it, it was brilliant crazy. actually in, in Max's video because when it happens, he turns the camera around and he's got his hands on his head. And it's like, you know, that meme when everyone just puts their hands up like that. Literally, yeah, everyone yeah. in the crowd just slaps their hands. And <laughs> it was absolutely <laughs> mental, cool, wasn't it? Well, Sam, honestly, it was crazy. Sam, when you said about a lapse of communication between Longley and, and Martinez for their, for their goal, which gave us a bit of a nervy end, there was a few laps of communications in the VAR studio and between the ref, ref and the VAR studio because oh, if the ref misses, the ref misses, what doing. how does VAR not pick that up? I mean, as Max says, if you get the first touch, I mean, first of all, the football you teach any kid really is get yourself, get get the get your body in the way, and then again, and at this level of football, unlike park football, you are going to get a free kick every time. Anywhere that, else on the pitch, that's a free isn't kick. Isn't that where they got the ref from? I swear he was ref in Sunday League like a week ago. <laughs> <That's, yeah. laughs> he's, like, he's been fast-tracked from there. Yeah, he, just, <laughs> he seemed to have come from nowhere, this guy. <laughs> and they're drawing, yeah. the, uh, they're drawing the offside lines with crayons as well in the VAR. Oh, I don't oh, know what's man. going on here. Like, the line yeah. was, like, so jagged. But uh, to be fair, I, I just just on that, because I obviously watch a pod from, from your reaction, I, uh, Moreno was actually offside, to be fair, but it was his arse. He did a, he did his job again, so his, his arse was a, mm. offside. I've seen seen the lines he it's do you know what I, I don't get i can't get my head around anymore just whilst we're on refs i don't understand why level isn't a thing anymore it's like the VAR, yeah, i said you, this, I I said this on the reaction line. yeah whatever yeah the, if you're level you're just you're just in the same line like they have to put someone yeah. in front or behind it's like yeah it's, it's kind of it's like, it just ruins like that momentum where you just stay on the edge and you stay level with the defender and that's i don't know it's mm. yeah i don't know yeah it's uh it's it's yeah it's bad it's bad uh, Dunk said he's been critical of Oli in the past uh, and admits he was wrong. Um, how many goals does Oli need for 20 in the EPL? Uh, it's seven more to get 20. Um, Dale said the second goal pleases him the most. Not a typical Oli finish. Loved his reaction. Running over saying, I'm effing here. <laughs> I like can it. I, I like can it. I, can I make an argument on that? You know, when he says, oh, I was wrong about Oli. Like, I, I've obviously had my criticisms of Oli before. Is is it possible that you are right to be frustrated what you were frustrated about in the past and he's just stepped up a level, he's no longer doing them things? Yeah, I, I think, think so. Right. I think he's 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 grad he's improved every season. He's, he's, he's one of those players, isn't he? So my 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 frustrations with him last year is that he he w was going on fifteen game runs without scoring and he was missing easy chances and you know his hold up play wasn't wasn't as good as, as sometimes you'd expect. And this season he's not doing that anymore. So it's not wasn't wrong about my analysis of his performance last season, but he's just not doing it anymore. He's just playing better. He's just, you know, he's growing and developing as a player. So it's one of them where I, I, I'll, I'm happy to admit Watkins had a fantastic season so far. And if he finishes it off, I don't give a shit what number of goals he finishes on, by the way. I care about where Villa finish. You know, if he finishes on 19 goals and we come fourth, I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, well, he didn't get 20. I don't care. I don't care if he doesn't score another goal. As long as we mm -hmm. finish in, in the Champions League, like that's what I'm going for. But when you're when you're doing analysis of like individual players, like Ollie Watkins is, is is categorically doing things better than he has done in the past. And you can see that by his numbers because what's his best return for Villa? Like 16. He's got that nearly that in in February. He's obviously stepped up a level. And the things that we were criticizing before in the past, he's not doing anymore. So you can it's not about admitting that you were wrong before, but it's about acknowledging that he's stepped up and he's improved his game like we all wanted him to. 100%, mate. 100%. Um, people, we've got uh, over 90 people watching right now. If you haven't already, smash that like button. If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button. Help us on the road to 4K. Uh, and if you do want to become a member of the channel, just click the, the link at the top. It's pinned in the chat. 
um, and it's just one ninety nine a month, less than a third of a cost of a pint to uh, become an official Villa Park Pod follower. Um, so yeah, brilliant, brilliant game uh, on 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 Saturday, and it sets us up nicely. I, I want to talk. Um, I want to talk the push for the end of the season um, right at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, um, come to you first, Max. In terms of the um, the news that came in the week, really, it, it's been kind of on social media. It's been kind of I guess, teased over the last few months, obviously with FFP, profit and sustainability, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and someone had kind of looked at a UEFA article and it said that Villa's um, debts would be published at 135 million or something. And apparently the, then there's talk of wage bill being 90 over 90% of turnover. And then it was kind of looked at that we'd have to, you know, sell one of the the, the high ticket players. What are your what are your thoughts on on this at the moment with regards to, you know, first of all, Villa's situation within this kind of profit and sustainability and what we might have to do, and then just this kind of profit and sustainability FFP laws as a, in general. Yeah, it's a hot topic at the moment, isn't it? I was watching Monday Night Football last night, and Carragher was talking about the impact it could have on Forest and, and Everton, and it's it's definitely a hot topic at the moment. And um, I'd like to see uh, Man City punished and all of that sort of thing. But yeah, it, it's gonna come. It's gonna come eventually, and it's definitely something to to be wary of in the summer. I think we are gonna. I mean, it all depends on Champions League. I know it doesn't all depend, but I think that's going to be absolutely massive. That's gonna we're gonna have to wait. To see if we do get Champions League, because we saw with Newcastle that that can help them fund a Tonali, for example. That really can be the difference. So that's going to be interesting, and that's why I think getting Champions League is so so important. But I think there are it is going to have to be looked at for Villa in the summer. Whether you, you obviously we talked about Longley already, you're probably going to have to let him go, save a bit of the, the wage bill there. There's been rumours today or in the last couple of days about Luca Dean as well. Are we going to idea in an ideal world, him and Moreno would stay because we know they both offer different things and they're both very very good footballers and they've both done well this season. But Dean, we know he's on a, a ridiculous amount of money, so are you going to have to cut your losses there? We saw what Villa had to do last year as well with letting the academy lads go, Archer, Ramsey, Philogene, Bedace. That was for slightly different reasons. But, you know, we are going to have to find ways around it. So it's definitely something to be wary of. Eventually, you're probably going to have to see a big name go at some point because you can't keep spending loads and loads of money and just expect to keep your best players. It's just, it's not FIFA. It's it's not realistic to be able to do mm. that. So you might see a, a Louise go for 100 million. It, it might happen but deal with it unfortunately like i said it's not a not a computer game this this is real life and it's a business at the end of the day and i'm not entirely sure about the, the finances at villa i'm sure more come out as we head towards the summer window but it's, it's definitely one to keep an eye on for sure yeah i i don't think villa will be unique in this situation at all um kev do you see any change or relaxation to the rules um with regards to the clubs kind of putting pressure on um do you see i mean michael so I've I've read I've read some of the message that you sent me. I will go through it more, but I think it alludes to kind of um, Arsenal ramping their prices up in terms of season tickets. I think one of their I don't know if it's their cheapest even is over a grand. Will will it hurt fan? Will Villa have to go down the route of hurting fans in the pocket? Even, you know, even more. What what do you what do you see about kind of what might happen? Well, it's a really, really interesting topic, isn't this FFP now? Because I think it, it, it's the two worlds of like tradition and, you know, what we'd all like 
how would a one-hour club to be perceived versus the reality of competing in modern football? I mean, for example, I, I think I put out a tweet about, like, you know, I wouldn't give two hoots if we were named, like, the Cadbury's Villa Park, if it meant we could, you know, keep Douglas Louise, for example. Uh, you know, there's talk about moving the stadium, all the things that a club could do. Obviously, there's been so much furore this season around impacting the fan in terms of some of the, uh, like, lower-level hospitality options that I've got in there from, like, the lower grounds, etc. The, the terrace obviously seating in, in the hole and you see what it feels like to the average fan and then that, that same average fan also wants to be competing at the top end of the league and had these two worlds I don't think can coexist that's the problem do I think there'll be rule changes well this is the problem because you know it's impacted everybody now because if there is a rule change they I mean I think I think it was the other day when um Rob Edwards said he'd come out you know like he's looking at the league table as if Everton, Everton have not had points deducted because he doesn't know if something's going to change with that. And everyone's also watching this from afar thinking, hang on a minute, because as I, as I made the point, I think on one of these pods ages ago, someone commits a murder and they say, well, there's only one murder, so we can convict them. But someone of rares, we think it's committed 114 murders, but we don't have enough evidence yet on all of those, so they can just keep walking the streets. And what what a crazy world we live in. That is, that is the reason why we cannot do something about Man City. He won again tonight, and they'll probably win the league this season. And they've clearly been allowed to not just slightly bend the rules, but do something which is clearly uh, outside of what you're allowed to do. So there's such a double standard in terms of all this kind of stuff. The only way you can compete is to play at their game a little bit, which does then turn the average fan off. And it's, you know, you, you, you're damned if you do and damned if you don't. But I can't see any rule changes. I do think it would be wonderful to have a, you know, a, a wage cap across football because it would, you know, level the playing field somewhat. But... Is it going to happen? I think there's certain things that could happen, but I don't know if there's the will of the big teams for it to happen. Mm, yeah. Um, we were in the group chat talk about this um, um, earlier today. You were quite kind of relaxed about it. And, you know, in terms of the people that Villa have got in in, in the board level, people that they have advising them, that they will have a plan on this. I'm sure of it. Yeah, I mean... There's no, there's no chance. See, that our owners have proved time and time again that there are no mugs. They're not sitting there waiting to find out what the Premier League are doing. They'll already know. You know, they'll already have contingencies for every which way. Um, they'll have uh, sort of had that in mind when they signed players like uh, Rogers, um, like the the new wing backs that we've got, the Serbian lad and and Lana Souza. They'll. Um, have thought about that when they inserted buybacks for Philogene and Archer. I mean, look, look at what Philogene's doing at Hull now. You can easily buy him back for whatever and sell him for twice what you buy him back for. Like, you know, he's he's been an absolute revelation in the championship. Um, there's a profit to be made there. And I think the model is for the bigger clubs, the Man Cities, et cetera, is to develop the young talent like Cole Palmer and go and get 40, 50 million for them. Chelsea, uh, they did the same with uh, uh, Mason Mount, developed a, a player and sold him. Like it, that, That's the model. And that's why we spent, you know, the last few years where we keep ransacking West Brom's youth academy, uh, like we're on some sort of robin spree. Um, that's, not, that's not done without any intentional plan. I mean, they might have to... Um, make a decision and sacrifice, you know, the highest earner at the club. So we might lose Austin McPhee, but you know, they will have a plan in place. They will know what they're going to do that they'll have. Um, I have full confidence in that. And I think we all felt really comfortable with Christian Perslow at the helm because he really helped draft the FFP um, uh, 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 bylaws and, and bills. And, and he knew 
he knew it inside out by the back of his hand. Um, I'd actually be interested. I know it's not really on the agenda, but I'd be interested to, to know what uh, Max thinks about like Chris Heck and all the noise coming out about about Chris Heck and obviously this letter. I don't know if it's real or not, but just like the letter aside, just a general vibe in terms of you know the way the badge was handled and and just you know if you feel like he's impacted the impacted the sort of vibe around the club because it was all super positive and owners and board and Johan Langer and. It was all very, very cushy with the fans and 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 you know the senior management. What, what do you reckon to Chris Heck? Has he made a change? I think um, a lot of fans were very critical of Christian Perslow for a variety of reasons. He was posh. He only came to the London games. It's like you don't have to be his mate. Ultimately, I thought he did a good job, and he was there for the the communication to the fans. He, he on his own accord, he'd film videos and and put them out. Look, when Grealish got sold, he put videos out. The communication was there. Chris Eck is obviously massively different. He's come from a, a different sport, a different country. It's going to be massively different. Do an interview. Um, that that letter is real. Um, so there's definitely things going on behind the scenes that aren't great. Um, we, we've seen it with, with obviously the, the hospitality offerings at Villa Park this season. That that is going to become more of a common thing because we've seen Villa's revenue. It's 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 pretty horrific. So we do need to do that sort of thing. And I understand it to an extent. You are going to have to do it. And obviously that was talked about with the North Stand and things like that. So I understand it. My issue with that was just that it was in the whole tent and, and various reasons for that. So I, I understand that. Um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's not great behind the scenes from from things that that I'm hearing out there. So we'll we'll see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely one to keep an eye on. I think I think we've yeah. got to be realistic as well about like Villa's actual revenue potential, like how many people because we're we're like Villa are very much a local club. Do you know what I mean we're not we're not a, an Arsenal or a Chelsea or a you know that you don't get many. I don't know how to say it. not plastic fans, but like tourists at Villa Park. Like it's not London. Some... It's not London. It's not, yeah. like every, everybody points to Tottenham, don't they? We're not going to get Beyonce performing at Villa Park. It's just it's not. Hey, we had we had pink. We had pink. Max. We had pink. And we had okay. Fair enough. Yeah. No, Fair but, enough. No, no, yeah. no. But you're 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 right, and I think, I think you are right though. I think yeah. there's a cap on our turnover. Like unless we start doing yeah. things globally and stuff like that, you're not. I think even if you built like a 70,000 seat stadium, I'm not sure you fill it at Villa, and that's just me being honest. Like I'm, I know that there's a huge waiting list for um, uh, for season tickets and stuff like that, but I just think we've got to be realistic. And the problem that I have with this FFP and with the sustainability is, we have the money. We have owners who are willing to put the money in, but the way the Premier League is set up is that while well, your revenue needs to be X amount to spend X amount, and the only clubs that that suit. It is the current top six or seven with with um, uh, with Newcastle. Like clubs like Brighton and Villa will never be able to compete and challenge on that basis. The rules themselves are so nuts and so uh, like ridiculous. Uh, and it's it's not even like a, a, a slim bias. It's just so obvious what's been done there is to keep those in power in power, um, not to be too dramatic about it. But but that 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 is what it is. Um, and it's to keep that gap and pull up that drawbridge. So if clubs like Villa are ever going to progress and like maintain c- consistent Champions League places, even for four or five years, the only way to do that is to scrap FF- FFP because it's just not working. It's not benefiting. And it, the main thing is it's not punishing the main perpetrators of it, the likes of Man City and Chelsea, who can spend a billion quid on their squad and not even get a, a mention. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Kev, I'll just finish upon this. The, the 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 mad thing to me, and 
I don't know if it. I don't know if this was a loophole. Obviously, it's a loophole that people have have kind of exploited. But the mad thing to me is, is that we're meant to be clubs are meant to be having these category A academies that produce players for hopefully their first team. But what we've ended up getting is you're selling players from your youth team for certain amounts of money because you can write that off as pure profit and then and then kind of write write that off as pure profit for the next three years to have debt against it. And then we're buying younger players from other championship clubs because it makes it more cost effective. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me in any way, shape or form. It's crazy to think that, you know, if you think about football again from a traditional perspective, you know, you've all got the dreams of Newcastle talk about having that, you know, that famous number nine, you know, the Geordie lad, Alan Shearer, that kind of thing. And Liverpool have got their, their all, all the Scouse boys that, you know, dominate football in the 80s. And we've got Jack Grealish and every club's got their own, right? You know, from a John Terry, you, you get it. To think in this day and age, you get you develop through your academy to then have to sell them. It's like, you know, those gangster mafia films where like, you know, the, the evil like, you know, crime bosses have to like take a bit of cash for the local laundrette and the taxi rank, always cream a bit off the top. Like you work really hard and we're going to take everything away from you. Work really hard in your academy, although for Villa, it's obviously taking West Brom's best players. And um, and then you've got to sell them. I mean, what, in what world would Villa have not wanted to go into this season without having Cameron Archer in, in the squad based on the form that he had? And Phil Jean Bidace, there was so much talking. I mean, it might have been bluster from Emery in pre-season, but I'm pretty confident he wanted to keep him around. And yet you're forced, you're forced to sell them. And then the point you make, which is absolutely that then, then you actually then have to go and buy a you buy a Morgan Rogers, etc. It's just madness. And this is the thing. And then you've got Chelsea giving eight-year contracts to get around the rules. And you know, and then there's all that talk about oh, we can sell someone to Saudi and then load them back and all these different sort of routes people have got. I mean, once the lawyers are involved, somebody somewhere at the top needs to make some strong decisions. And I think the biggest thing to happen for it all would be Man City get sent to you know non-league, whatever. You know, because all, it's all, never going to happen. No, it's no, never no. going to happen because there's there's too much to lose for the Premier League. Just simple. You, you send you send Man City to League Two. You lose all the star players. You lose Pep. You lose the draw of Man City. Uh, it's it, the thing that I think is more likely to happen is that Everton will get their points back and then they'll just go back to being toothless. That's and that's kind of my hope because if no one pays you the rules any mind, then it's the only way that that. You know, you're going to continue to have a competitive league, but so, um, something has to happen. Though this is the thing: like we can't yeah. keep, we can't keep going. I mean, we talked about Villa circling the plug hole of relegation for years. We're circling the plug hole of of of, of it. I mean, remember the financial crash? You know, for years, let's give under 25 percent mortgages and hope it's all going to be all right. What's going to happen with football? At some point, something's going to happen somewhere. And Matt, yeah, sorry, I, I was just going to say, Max. Obviously, you saw Philogene, Jaden Philogene, and in, in the preseason. When he did the travel, I thought it was superb in preseason. I I couldn't believe it when we sold him for what was it, five million? Were you expecting yeah. that, or or was no? That I thought he, he he was on road twenty twenty one when obviously there was talk. Well, Grealish did end up leaving, and Philogene Bedice was our our best player away at Bristol City. And I thought, yeah, there's a player there. And then he had a sort of quiet season, whatever, whatever. But in preseason in America, he was he was unbelievable. He was our best player, hands down. He was our best player. So it's a shame he wanted to go, but I think that was more down to him wanting to play football, which is is totally understandable. You know, you only get one career, and and fair play to him. He's he's smashing it in the championship with Hull. So fair play to him. I think in an ideal world, you would have kept him because. 
Diaby started really fast, but obviously Winger's going in out of form, so he would have been a fantastic option. And I, I thought he would have got game time. He would have done if he'd have maintained that form that he got in the, in the summer. He he would have one hundred percent got game time. So it's unfortunate, but fair play to him for for having the attitude of wanting to go and play football. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a quick one, just to finish up on this. I know there was quite a, a popular tweet and, and people are kind of talking in, in the chat about potential big star going. We've got uh, Martinez in there. We've got Ramsey uh, talked about. We've got Ollie. We've got Louise, Kamara. <laughs> I think, I just, Kevin, we'll just do a very quick one round, round Robin here. And it was like a tweet that said, gun to your head. Who goes? What? Who do you say? Watkins, Louise, Kamara, or Martinez? What? 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 Which one are you saying, Kev? Is this Shag Mary Kill? Is it? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> um, um, out of those four, I mean, it'd be like having to choose one of my kids. Um, I think I would probably say, with real reluctance, uh, Kamara, um, because I feel like he may be more replaceable um, than the others for me. Yeah, Sam. Uh, Quick Louise answer, Louise. Max, if you had to, uh, I'd have to agree with Louise. I think Watkins' strikers are far too important. Kamara, close. Martinez. I know goalkeepers are probably. I know you said quick answer, but Martinez goalkeepers <laughs> are probably a little bit easier to replace. Love him too much, and he's too perfect for the list. So I'd go with Louise. I think I'm going to say Kamara just as that in the tweet. I, I think as well, free transfer, yeah, like the pure profit element. And yeah, I think short probably, memories. You're all, you're probably, all singing his praises, saying how important well, he was. I love him. I love him. Nah, I absolutely nah, nah. love him. For like 10 million from, from that's true. That is true. That is very, very true. Yeah. Plus, you've got to remember yeah. as well, Kamara is just that, that those games when we lost him after after he got that red card against Wolves at Brentford. Bloody hell, we struggled. We didn't have struggle after we, did. we went. We like, did. And, we and did. And you could put, I'm playing devil's advocate here, you could play McGinn where Louise is, or you could play Tielemans there. But you can't, there's no real, apart from Tim, there's no real replacement for Kamara in this squad. Look, Big Daddy we Duncan said short answers. We said you don't. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just. I'm just... <laughs> uh, okay, Kamara's, cool. Kamara's quite injury prone as well, isn't he? He's had a few bad injuries yeah. in his career already, so maybe that's yeah, a little yeah. bit. True. We've, yeah. we've got a few. We've got a few questions for the end. Uh, Adamski, we've talked FFP, so that's fine. I've got a, a very random question from John. If you want any more questions for Max, get your questions in. We've got one more little subject to, to chat about. Um, so yeah, so Champions League push. You know, we we've got to talk it. We're in fourth position at the minute. Why not talk it? And um, and the, a really good Twitter um, Twitter page, um, Footy Rankings, who obviously was following where we'd be in the Conference League, where we'd be seeded, and all that kind of jazz, has actually projected as it stands at the moment where we would be in the coefficient for um, for the Champions League pot four. Um, Max, how good is this to be talked about like this? And you look at the teams in there, you know, there's some there's some real good, real kind of variety to it at the moment. You've got Girona, you've got uh, Lons, Athens, Monaco, yeah. some real good, real good sides there that uh, that maybe, you know, bring in a bit of spice to the Champions League, shall we say? 
Oh, mate, I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it. I've already talked about our trips in the Conference League. Like, it's it's the pinnacles. Like, as a fan, it's just unbelievable. And, yeah, going to, to Bosnia is fun and games and stuff, but you, you want to be challenging yourself with the elite, don't you? You really do. And, I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but you probably fancy us <laughs> to do, pick up a couple of unbelievable results in the Champions League. Like, we've beaten Man City and Arsenal already this season. Like, why not? Um, but well, I think Newcastle we've got... did 4-1 against PSG. Oh. That group was unbelievable as well, by the way. Like that that is just the perfect group. And just to have one of them nights like they had against PSG, for example, at St. James's Park, unbelievable. Unforgettable nights that hopefully are to come, fingers crossed. Yeah. Kev, do we dare to dream? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> What's the point in being alive, Richard? Otherwise, like this is the whole thing, isn't it? Like, you know, you, you, you know, there's so many quotes around about this, but you know, like. You know, if whether you think you're right or think you're wrong, you know, you're ultimately always correct, aren't you? Um, so, look, we're in the mix for it. And there's all the reasons why we can't make it because of injuries and experience and, you know, VAR and all that kind of stuff. But this team, I've said it many, many times, and I'll say it again over the last nearly 18 months now, have been absolutely unbelievable. And, you know, um, they've proven themselves now to not be bottlers. I mean, I've heard a few people saying, oh, uh, but what they, you know, when they had a couple of dodgy results over January, and I was like, you got to be calm because this team are decent. And if we don't finish in the top five because Spurs and Man United overhaul us, I mean, I'll be devastated, but I really don't think that's going to happen. You know, we've got some absolute ballers in this squad. We've got, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I think he's the best manager in the league. I don't think em I don't think Emery, the job he's done, I don't think Klopp or Guardiola would have done as good a job taking over from Gerard as Emery has. I, I just I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Um look at we'll look at his first 50 games in charge of Villa. There's 60% win rate. Yeah. I mean their their um their first 50 games in charge of Liverpool and Man City. I'm pretty sure he's got a better record. And they were taking over Liverpool and Man City. So I just look at it and go, do you know what? Let's just let's just go for it. Let's enjoy it. When was the last time Aston Villa were going into a running of a season, looking at a game and watching out for the results of Man United and Spurs and having a little sneaky eye on what Arsenal, Liverpool and, and, um, and Man City are doing? Because we're amongst it. You know, I think we've got to look at this and go, you know what, whatever happens, we've just got to enjoy it and we've got to get behind the boys, give it all we've got and try and try and push the lads over the line. Carpe diem. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> So Max, Kev does this. Kev, Kev does this rousing speech every single podcast. He, he, he yeah. just has to do it. It's part of the tradition now. <laughs> I liked it. It was good. It's got me in the mood now. We love it. We love it. <laughs> um, Sam, big, big, uh, big times coming up for Villa. Pressure times. Can you see the Champions League being secured? Yeah, I don't know why someone who I don't know who said it earlier, but we say whisper it. We've been saying it with our chest all season. We're good. Like we, I think it was me. It was just I was just like getting the. I was just cheek. getting yeah. the. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. I mean, if I if I'm being honest, I'd be from where we were. I know we've had a, like a couple of injury sins and stuff, but I'd be so disappointed. Not just like heartbroken, of course I would, but I'd be disappointed if we didn't get top four. Um, or not even top four, just Champions League. I would like top four though. I'd like to to do it without anyone putting the asterisk on it and saying, oh, you finished fifth, but they change the rules, whatever. I'd love it. Mom, oh, do you know what? I can't tell you how much I'd love to finish above United. Can't stand them at the moment. Cannot stand them with their little rat players and their stupid little baldy manager. I can't stand them. All of them. Uh, no offence to anyone who's bald out there. But I just, like, after they after they took six points of us this season, when we just thought, oh, we were better than them in both games. We really were. 
I just I'd I'd love I'd love to finish above them and I'd love to get um into Champions League. And I think I think sort of Kevin Kevin Max said it all like just imagine Champions League nights at Villa Park and and you know imagine if we we pick one of the big boys and and you know get to live vicariously through Max's videos at a massive stadium and it's just it's what football's all about and I think this is what the project's been about it's what we've we've dreamt of and we just um Sorry, Lewis. <laughs> I just seen the um, <laughs> yeah, no, I just I think it's it's what it's all about, and I, I I feel like we have we have enough, and I think if we don't get it, it will be down to maybe down to us a little bit. I think it's in our hands. We've got all these games to play, um, and uh, yeah, I don't I don't see why not. We definitely can, and I think we will. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. Um, people in the chat saying Mbappe has obviously agreed to go to Real Madrid. I mean, it'd be crazy getting Real Madrid to Villa Park, wouldn't it? I mean, just just imagine that Mbappe and all them players at, at Madrid coming to coming to Villa Park. It'd be. I feel, I feel like that news is like four years old for some reason. I don't know why. Like, did he not move to Real Madrid like three times in the last three years? I know it's. I know it's like the worst kept secret in football. But you know. Yeah. yeah, he's announced it, so it's happening. Um, yeah, a few uh, guys, uh, we've got over 120 people watching, which is just amazing. So thank you very much for tuning into the show. I hope you're enjoying it. Please do hit the like button if you haven't already. Um, subscribe if you're new to the channel. Um, we are uh, pushing on to 3,400 on the road to 4K. Um, it'd be great if we could uh, get even closer to, to that tonight. Um, so yeah, like and subscribe. Um, just a few little questions um, uh, coming through. So <laughs> this is a very, very random one from John. Um, this is to you, Max. Has Simon recovered from the Phantom Farter? <laughs> I don't know where that one's from. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. It was the same <laughs> when we went to Craven Cottage last year, but someone in front of us just kept farting. It feels like every single away game that happens, it's really it's really horrible. And I think I know who it was. It was the bloke in front who kept pretending it wasn't him, but it definitely was. Honestly, I was trying to watch the game. And I just, yeah, it's ne- never easy being in the away ends, but yeah, that, yeah, I get that. <laughs> was it that bad that it was affecting your vision? Yeah, it was. I, I I just said it really loud. I was like, "Can can you just stop, whoever that is?" Because it was it was nasty. It was putting me off the game. Honestly, I need to get. I need to watch the game for analysis for the podcast for the video. I can't be dealing with that. But yeah, it was oh, horrible. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go, John. I think uh, I think Simon's just about recovered. Um, uh, off-topic question from Charlie, but do you think Rogers will be playing in the European games? Kev, do you think? Do you think Morgan Rogers will make an appearance? Uh, not at the moment, I don't think, unless... I mean, I think mate, if, you, if it was a home group stage game, you'd probably see, uh, you know, we saw, obviously saw Kelly, Kellyman, didn't we? You know, players like that playing. But he might get 10, 15 minutes off uh, off the bench if we're winning the game, you know, and it looks like we're coasting. But I can't really see that happening. I think there'll be a, maybe a few minutes here or there for a, for a team. But, yeah, you know, may, maybe not. I think if you think about... if if you've got the players that are in the squad already not playing, you've got to try and square the circle of a Zaniolo, a Diaby, a Ramsey, a Leon Bailey. You know, you've got players like that already vying for those other positions. So probably not too much I wouldn't I wouldn't expect. Yeah, I guess Max he's got a 
we haven't really had a situation. Obviously, Sheffield United was a good situation where you're five nil up. You can afford to give players a few more minutes. But the last couple of games, we haven't really been in a situation where you can you can bring like a Morgan Rogers on to bed him in. You know, hopefully against Forest, it's a bit more comfortable and and we can give him his his home debut and and what have you. And then maybe he could he, he might feature in in some of the European games. Yeah, I think he's got the benefit of having not a lot of pressure on him, to be fair. I don't think anyone's really expecting anything from him. He's not like he's come in as a high-profile loan signing, like, like a Zaniolo in a way that, you know, he's only got a year he needs to impress. He's only getting five minutes here and there, so he needs to do something in those five minutes. I think the pressure's off him. I don't think any realistic Villa fans expecting anything of sorts from Morgan Rogers. to be fair. He's still very young, um, coming into a new league. He's sort of this, this wild card in a way, isn't he? But what I would say is I'd, I'd probably rather see him than a Zaniolo to be honest, I don't think Zaniolo's done anything really that, that we can go off. I know I've just alluded to it there that he's only been playing five minutes here and there, but even in those five minutes, I'm not not really seeing anything. And obviously he's not he's not our player at the end of the day. So I don't know. I wouldn't be against seeing seeing Morgan Rogers and, and for example, like we've got two European games either side of that that massive Tottenham game at Villa Park at the start of March. So as much as we'd like to to see Watkins and Bailey play 90 minutes for every game, it's probably not realistic, especially with our injuries as well. So I wouldn't be against it. Obviously, maybe not starting, but playing a little bit more, I wouldn't I wouldn't be against it. Yeah. Yeah. Um interesting question from Bear and the Garden, Sam. Will the European games be a help or hindrance to the league games? I don't know if that's this season or or, or moving forward to next season. I mean, next season it is what it is, isn't it? Like you just it's part and parcel. If you want to get into Champions League, you have to manage your season with it as best you can. A lot of teams like Newcastle, they kind of have a dip in their league form whilst they're focusing on the Champions League at the start of the season. But I think a really good question is, will it impact us this season in terms of going mm-hmm. for that Champions League spot? And we've done this loads of times on the channel, and it might be worth asking asking Max as well what he thinks. But we've done the whole: which one would you rather have, win the Conference League or, or finish in, in in Champions League spot? Um, I think because of I think we've got a good a good balance and a good depth in the squad. But I look at certain positions like up front where we've only got Ollie Watkins. And I do worry that, you know, if as the European um, the Euro Conference League sort of intensifies, how much football is he going to be playing on a weekly basis? Is it going to, even if it doesn't injure him, is it just going to tire him out? Um, I look at players like, you know, maybe Matty Cash, who you know, is our only right back option really at the moment. So there's Kessler Hayden, but I mean, I don't know if he's brought him back to make up the numbers on the bench because he he, doesn't, he never even looks like he's thinking about playing him. Um, so I, I think it, I think it could be a difference this season. Um, the Conference League. What you don't want to do is do a, a Martin O'Neill where you give up on the European competition to focus on Europe and and end up getting none of them. Um, I don't know. I, it's one of the, I think the answer to the question is time will tell. Um, how well we manage it. You just got to put faith in in Unai um, to to you know rotate the squad as best as possible. Um, do sort of deep tactical analysis on those uh, European games and figure out the best way to play. So we're not exerting too much energy. But it's it's a brilliant question. I just I just don't know the answer to it. Yeah, Max, what do you think? And the question to you is. Uh, is uh, in addition to that is conference league or champions league if you if you had to choose 
Uh, give me a second to think about that. But yeah, I think uh, Unai Emery's not a, a Klopp or a Guardiola to, to moan about games and, oh, with a half-twelve kickoff, oh, 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 poor Liverpool. It's just absolute <laughs> nonsense. I think uh, Europe is, is new to a lot of that squad, of course. is I think we did well in, in the summer in terms of getting your Pau Torres in, obviously Carlos the year before, getting this European experience in Diaby as well, for example. Getting that European experience, players who have played what Sunday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, whatever it is. It's good to see. And Emery loves games. He loves constant games. Like it's, it's just good for momentum as well, I think. And I thought we managed it really well during the group stage. I think, you know, we had a couple of iffy results at the start of Europe, uh, like you Warsaw, just getting past Mostar. But I think we managed those games well because I don't, people talked about how slow they were, especially at Villa Park. But then that was just because we didn't want to go over the top and really you know, knacker ourselves out. And I think it didn't really damage our, our league form at all, did it? Obviously, like I remember no, losing no, Leg- no. Leggy Warsaw on, on a Thursday and going to Stamford Bridge on the Sunday and winning. And we did we did that more than enough time. So I think for this side and this manager, it's it, you don't know because knockout games are going to be more intense, aren't they, than the, the slow group games. You're going to have stronger teams in there. Fenerbahce, you know, Lille, Olympiakos. These are going to be tougher games than your Mustards or Arsenal Altmar, who are pretty rubbish. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I think you start to get players back. Cons are back, hopefully. Diego Carlos, uh, more, more game time for Rodgers, like we talked about a second ago. I think it could work. I think there's pros and cons either way. I think we'll just have to see. And coming back to your question as well, I'd, I'd unfortunately I'd rather get Champions League because of all the boring stuff like the financial side of it and that sort. Of, it's not Champions League isn't boring, but you know what I mean. I think it brings that side of the benefits. But as a fan, I think winning that Conference League in Athens, I can already see it now. Like that would just be the pinnacle. And anybody <laughs> who slags off the Conference video. League. Exactly. Yeah. And anyone who slags off the Conference League, they just don't know what you're talking about. And I can see it now. When we win it, all the blue noses from down the road are going to say, oh, it doesn't count anyway. It's a nothing trophy. And that is absolute nonsense. Anyone who's been to a European trip or a European game at Villa Park this season will know how special it is. And that night in Athens, should we get there, would be special. Do, do, do you know what, Max? Uh, just, just on that is... I don't care what it means to everyone else. Like you saw what it me- meant to West Ham fans last season. And, yeah. and if we're talking about realistically for Villa, like what are we going to win? Like, you know, every single cup competition or, or league competition we're in, we've got to compete with the likes of Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, so on and so forth. This is something that Villa can actually, actually win. And I think it would mean that I couldn't care less what a Blues fan would say or, or what a, <laughs> whoever. It's something and we'd celebrate it like we've just, you know, won everything. And, and I'd, oh, mate, it just... Not, I, I don't know about you, Max, but in my lifetime, I, I don't remember the League Cup in '96. I was only five, but like, yeah. never really seen us win anything. Like the playoff final, <laughs> maybe, but I'd love to just see us win something, Charlie. Mate, I was buzzing <laughs> when we won the uh, Cup of Traditions in Germany in like when was it 2017? <laughs> like that pre-season tournament where we played. That weird John Terry had that like, huge trophy. Yeah, Chris Samba scored against Hertha Berlin. It was all really weird. We were playing like 45-minute games. I didn't really understand it, but like, <laughs> Max has got a picture of Chris Samba on his wall. <laughs> Mate, it's my wallpaper on my phone, of course. Man. I love it. I love it. Nah, but like I've obviously never seen us win anything either in the playoff final, as special as it was. It wasn't a trophy, was it? I think it was just the relief of being back in the Premier League. It wasn't a, a cup win, yeah. was it? So, yeah, it, w- it would be special. And I think we can do it. I think we can juggle it because Unai Emery's played in Europe for... 16, 17, whatever it is, consecutive seasons. So he knows what he's doing. He's not a rookie in, in Europe and, and the league. So, yeah, bring it on. Yeah. Kev, just a quick 
quickly there. Um, loads of people saying that, you know, we played better when we were playing Thursday, Sunday. Emery seems to manage that really well. Dale said Emery loves the Thursday, Sunday, as relentless as it is. Um, Western saying our league form was better when we were playing European games. So, yeah, I mean, Emery, we've, we, if, if, we've, if anything, we've got the best manager in the, in the league or in European football to kind of cope with this. Well, from the European experience he's got for Europa Leagues, you know, unbelievable, unbelievable record. Taking little old Villarreal provincial team in Spain, you know, to the Champions League semis. Um, as Max said, you know, he just gets on with it, you know, doesn't he? He's moaning that the big managers do. It's like moaning that your girlfriend's too fit or like, you know, oh, God, I've been, I've, I've been going to the gym and I've got to get smaller jeans. He's such a bore. Like, I've got to get an H&M on a Saturday. Like, piss off. Like, this is what you why you're playing football, you know. Oh, boo hoo. Mine start time is 12 30 on a Saturday. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be clipped up by Mark or Max. <laughs> that was my Jurgen Klopp impression for those who are going to wonder where. You're not bearing in mind how tired Jurgen Klopp is, Kevin. He's really, really tired, bless him. It's just boring, yeah. and it's just boring. I mean, like, come on now. What would you rather write? Well, don't be in Europe. Um, which obviously they've done this season. And Villa also got an advantage because we, um, we obviously, we've been quite, um, you know, we made a decision over the last 10 years. We're not going to compete in domestic cups. So that obviously frees <laughs> a bit of time. Um, and also, if we do lose in the Conference League, we always win the next game anyway. So it might do us a bit more fun <laughs> for, for the league form. So that's kind of my toppers on it. But I'm not really phased. I just think that, you know what? The Conference League is a bit of a free hit for me now. The priority has to be Champions League qualification. But I think he'll go out, go out every game. It will certainly test the squad, of course. But, I mean, you know, people are saying, oh, Liverpool haven't got Europe. But they've got an FA Cup fifth round uh, game coming up. They've got a, a League Cup final coming up. So there's two extra games. To get through, I think they have to beat Southampton in the FA Cup. They'll have another game in the FA Cup. So we've all got games we've got to play. Um, they've just got Jot Jotter out for a season and an injury as well. So... You know, like we've all we're all gonna have challenges and problems. Um, and I just love, love, love that we've got a manager that makes no excuses, never moans about the refs, never moans about the schedule, he talks so brilliantly about his players in public. I just absolutely love him. What what it's a classy, hero. Hundred percent. Um well look, the draw is is out on Friday afternoon, so we will find out who we get. Um, there's some, like Max said, there's some big teams in there. Um, and we're, you know, that I'm sure the games because there were some results last week that were kind of a little bit up in the air. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who, who does get through. Um, but yeah, we'll find out on, on Friday. Um, I think we're going to call it a night there. Um, absolutely fantastic show. Um, guys, if you haven't already, do, um, like I said before, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Over 100 watching or at the moment still, which is fantastic. Um, Kev, uh, Sam, thank you for jumping on as well and being a part of this. Max, all the thanks goes to you, mate. Thank you so much for uh, for jumping on our channel and uh, giving your time, mate. It's been uh, it's been brilliant. And yeah, the um, the videos you do, as I said at the start, are just are just amazing. I know, like I've back in the day, I used to come on them a little bit as well. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, uh, but yeah, mate. It, it, I think for people, you know, we have people watching from you know Australia and all over the world who, and I think that was you know your main. One of the main reasons for you you doing it, mate, to kind of give that experience to people, you know, across the world. Yeah, that's that's the best bit about it. And I think that 
the, the time where I saw that the most was when we went to America and it was literally, that was unbelievable because there was people coming from all over America to go to these games. And it was like their like World Cup final because a lot of them had never seen like Villa before, for example. So seeing them in a preseason friendly against Brentford, for example, was like the pinnacle. And just speaking to them and them being so kind like you guys have been. And honestly, it means a lot because that that is why I do it. I mean, I started it just for a laugh like to show my mates and stuff but it's come now and it's it's a lot a big part of sort of villa fans experience all over the world and that's like the main bit for me so yeah th- thanks very much for having me on it's been a good laugh and i'll be happy to come on again it's good crack wicked, wicked. rich, rich can I just say as well um you know just best wishes to tony mowbray obviously there's a bit of rivalry yes that? yes you know, and actually, yeah. but, you know clearly he's got um you know some health uh, stuff going on and never said every football lately there's obviously been a you know, Hodgson's was taken in and obviously he's ultimately part of the Palace job. Andy Bramer, what a player he was back in the day. You know, um, I'm sure you may remember him, Rich, but, you know, basically yeah. England out of the World Cup, didn't he? And um, in 1990, pretty much. So, um, yeah, I just think, you know, just, you know, there's more important things sometimes than we have a chat about, obviously, what we want Villa to do. But, um, you know, just wanted to say, um, you know, I know there's a bit of rivalry there, but, yeah, get well soon, Tony, basically. Absolutely good. Really good manager. And, um uh, yeah, really, really, um, really want him to recover quickly. And yeah, Roy Hodgson as well, really good servant to the game and, um, you know, wish him all the best uh, in everything. It shows you, you know, that the stress that these managers go through and, and, and what, what, you know, what they, what they have to do. And, 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 and like you said, Kevin, it does kind of bring it home in terms of the, uh, the importance that we place on it, but, you know, the lives lives are, are kind of way more important than, than the yeah. game itself. Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes, after a few in the chat about um, when we're going to do our next pods, we'll be back on Thursday for match reaction. Uh, a match, sorry, match preview. Big game against uh, Nottingham Forest coming up on uh, on Saturday. I'm also on, um, I, seen the, I'm, I saw him in the chat. I'm also on Doran Tours channel um nottingham forest uh channel this week as well so look out for that and um yeah match reactions talking tactics all that'll be all, all that'll be on so make sure you stick uh stick your notifications on with the channel um hit the like button on the way out make sure you subscribe thank you all for watching and as always remember we all follow the villa thanks everyone <laughs>